Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's been in my Shapiro's. Did we do that already? Have we done that already? <laughs> I still think we did. <laughs> Not enough if we did. Not enough if we did. This is Behind the Bastards, and you know what that introduction means. It's another Reading Ben Shapiro's Marvelous Book episode. Ooh, um, baby. The episodes that everybody loves except the people who hate them. The talented Mr. Shapiro. <laughs> the talented Mr. Shapiro. <laughs> Talking about Benny's book, True Allegiance, which I think I can say is like if the Quran and the Bible had a baby and then that baby fell off of a ski lift and hit its head on a pile of rocks several times. Mm. And then that baby tried to join the military, but was told no, because it had too much of a history of severe head injuries. And then that baby tried to write a screenplay about joining the military, but then that screenplay was turned down for being terrible. And then that baby became a right-wing grifter for, I don't know, 20-something years, and then wrote a fiction book. It would be True Allegiance. That is Ben Shapiro's background, isn't it? That is Ben Shapiro's background, That's his origin story, Famed ski lift accident survivor Ben Shapiro. (laughs) Everywhere. That's why he cares about that so much. And that's why he stopped growing. Okay, (laughs) that's mean. (laughs) I think we've all established that you can't be mean to Ben Shapiro. I did. But I didn't. But I did. Anyway. It's fine. (laughs) It's where we are. Is the... um, this is the he's the result of starting to be a conservative pundit at age sixteen. Yeah, yeah. 
perhaps the yes, only thing I mean, I, I'm just going to say it. The only thing 16 year olds should be allowed to do is join the Marine Corps and drink <laughs> alcohol and drink alcohol. The, just those two. Just, just those. <laughs> yes. We shouldn't even the let them go to school. Yeah. yeah, no school and nothing no like school. that. No, nope. just nope. drunk and then drunk and then. We don't need them <laughs> just smart. Drunk, need them drunk. drunk and teenage Marines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want them wasted. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so we're back. We're back talking Benny Shaps and his book. Uh, we ended with, uh, with Combat General Brett Hawthorne uh, talking to his friend the token muslim who isn't a terrorist and i think the only muslim who's not a terrorist that we meet mm-hmm. i bet the he's the only tall one too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and now we're moving to a president prescott chapter so uh, when oh, we last boy. left president yeah he just had his 9-11 moment uh cruelly wearing a windbreaker uh in a disaster <laughs> site <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cruel now oh. uh all right You have got to be kidding me with this, Mark Prescott said. His eyes bulged. His face had turned beet red. I'm trying to hold the country together. And you're out there fucking supporting the enemy by targeting Muslims? How am I supposed to counter the accusation? Oh, good. He's talking to Brett Hawthorne. Excellent. Uh, So if you remember earlier in the book, Brett Hawthorne made people, forced people to illegally use racial profiling, which did not work or return any usable intelligence. And now the president is angry because that has been released to the media. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, weirdly presented as an argument for racial profiling Mm -hmm. while being being an example of why it's bad. Yeah, I not weird for Ben, though. Oh, no, not weird. It's completely consistent with his inconsistent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not writing and thinking par for the course on this book in this book. I'm sure this will change, but one of the things that I find so fun about President Prescott is that he's written like a like an over-the-top movie villain, like a sniveling, like selfish coward. But all of the actual things he does as president <laughs> are perfectly reasonable. It's like, oh, you want to have it? You have a jobs program. You call in the National Guard to deal with a nuclear attack. Like <laughs> the evil President Prescott. Fuck that guy. The Angry at Prescott. Rule jobs program. Yeah. Yelling at an active duty general for forcing police to racially profile people for no effective purpose. <laughs> like a dictator. It's disgusting making it a 40 hour work week. Refusing to invade Mexico. <laughs> oh, right. They, uh, the whole thing about Mexico. That, that the whole plot of this is that the America needs to invade Mexico after they get nuked by Iran. God, it's so forgettable. <laughs> yeah, it it is really very, is. I've lost like, the thread several times. Mm hmm. Like, that's, like, potentially, like, oh, that's, like, that's a story. There's yeah. Some, like, I don't know what that's about, but okay. But, like, it's so forgettable. It's gone. It's, it's to already, be fair. I already, this, I already forget. This year's poked a lot of holes in my brain, so information it, it has leaks out it anyway. Has. But this is not memorable enough to latch on. No, no. What's, uh, what, the no. only thing that's memorable are the characters themselves. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Combat General Brett Hawthorne, who, as this chapter opens, is sitting on the couch watching the pre- president rage at him. Uh, oh, good. We've got a real classic Ben Shapiro sentence here. All right, let's get let's let's get it. How many commas? How many commas? <laughs> so many, Sophie. <laughs> On the way to the hotel, comma, the Secret Service agents had been utterly silent. Um, semicolon. They refused to answer any of his questions, comma. Give him any information oh. at all. Period. Hate Wait, it. You, My you guy. Gotta do that again. Say you it one more time. <laughs> On the way to the hotel, comma, the Secret Service agents had been utterly silent, semicolon. They nope. refused to answer any of his questions, common, give him, comma, give him any information it's at all. So That's ridiculous. not even a full sentence. It's There's so no ridiculous. Act- no. On the way to the hotel, comma, yeah. you don't need a comma there. No. 
On the way to the hotel, they, I'm sorry, I don't need to say and it, it again. And, it's, and all of the, inf- the like, it's it's basically two incomplete sentences that he'd stitched together into one, still not a grammatically correct sentence. And the um, only thing efficient. he's getting across, it's just, on the way to the hotel, the Secret Service agent said nothing. Bam. Like, that, that that's but, the point you don't I, yeah man. and then the, I mean the, the last bit doesn't conclude that's the kind of comma use that you're supposed to have exercised around grade three yeah fourth yeah. grade you know <laughs> I, I think when you're doing I, your little grammar workbooks I mean I think the conclusion here and put a line through <laughs> it is that we need to criminalize comma usage Mm-hmm. Uh, ban, ban the comma usage too. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's very clear. He's like, I know that semicolons exist. <laughs> therefore, I'm going to replace all periods with them. <laughs> with semicolons. Like, uh, anyway, it is it is fun that Ben has the same attitude towards ending his sentences that the United States has towards ending the war in Afghanistan, hmm. which is never do it. Telling. <laughs> <laughs> So the Secret Service doesn't answer his questions, but Brett figures out they must have picked up Hassan. Uh, how else could they have found him at Omari's? Who's that like guy who's the big Muslim? He's like leading care, right? The 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 anti-Islamophobia charity. But in mm-hmm. this, they're working with the terrorists. Mm-hmm, um, oh yeah. Yeah. You can't Prescott, trust a charity. Can't trust it. Not a Muslim charity. Prescott continued to yell. I elevated you. I made you. I saved you. And this is how you reward me? Brett could feel the anger building. He flexed his fist, then let it go. An old trick Ellen had taught him to take his mind off his temper. It wasn't working. Tell me. I expect an answer. What were you thinking? I gave you back your life. No, Brett said softly, dangerously. I signaled you. I told you to hit the building. Prescott scoffed, disbelieving. You can't be serious. You wouldn't be to start a war with Iran after Iraq, after Afghanistan. We just finished pulling the troops out, for God's sake. We got you, didn't we? That wasn't the goddamn point. So again, this guy's the bad guy for not wanting, not to, wanting, not wanting to start war. a new war. <laughs> also, I just can't believe I, him. Yeah. I don't think you need to add the word disbelieving after using the verb scoffed. Yes, yes. You, you could, that, that, that's another classic thing that you should get over in seventh grade creative writing is like, Okay, he scoffs because he doesn't believe them. You don't have to tell yeah, us that. It's like saying he uh, he said speakingly. Yeah, like, <laughs> he uh, spoke wordingly. Yeah. Wordingly, wordingly yeah, like, yes. On. Yeah. So they argue about this for a while. Prescott's like, you know, I could kick you out of the military. Yada yada. Ben or not Ben. Brett says, go ahead. <laughs> I'd love to tell the press just why you did because you couldn't keep this country safe. You weren't willing to make the tough choices like invading Iran. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tough choice. Uh, keep the country safe. Yeah. By escalating military action. So the president threatens that if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, he'll have federal charges drawn up against him uh, for violating uh, that imam who's a terrorist, civil rights. Um, His Ben thinks civil rights are a bad thing as a general rule, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Made things worse. Yeah. And yeah, Brett tells him like, hey, Mr. President, you know, if you'd listen to me, all of those people who who were blown up in America would be alive today. Um, Prescott reached down to the coffee table and picked up the remote control. He flipped the channel to CNN, where the anchors continued to gush over Prescott's big speech. General, he said, I can afford a few public relation hits right now. Rally around the flag effect and all that. You'll be seen as an ungrateful rube looking to hit back at the man who saved you. Your time is over, General. Now get out of my sight. So. 
Yeah. Tough but fair. Tough but fair. <laughs> um, I do love that after a nuclear attack on the United States, CNN's talking about the president's speech. Yeah. And and nothing else. Like, no. Yeah, it's, no, it's his tan suit, right? Yeah, they'd be talking about radiation, probably. So, <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? Probably. Rachel Maddow yeah. would latch onto that. <laughs> um. So Prescott woke from his. So I guess Prescott has a nap after uh meeting with the general, and he wakes up to see. <laughs> <laughs> Prescott woke from his nap an hour later to Tommy Bradley's face. Written across it was panic. <laughs> What? Lazy. What? Yeah. Oh, it's harder. it's very it. just panic was written across his face or something like that. Don't why why are you always so indirect, Ben? Like <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Written Mr. President his face was panic. Sorry, it's just yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so the president gets the news that Reverend Jim Crawford is assassinated. Uh, and they're blaming it on the white supremacist, a white supremacist group with ties to terrorist mama, who's Soledad, our, our, mm. our, right, right, right. our Clive and Bundy, but a uh, Latino woman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> ben. Uh, well, doing uh, so good. Above the Chiron ran the footage of the continuing riots in the streets of Detroit. Then the anchors cut to some strong jawed young black man named Levon Williams. They build him as protest leader. Oh, I call leave for, on. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Uh, he's calling people to rise up, yada, yada. Mm. Um, <laughs> so on and so forth. So forth, yeah. Uh, so we have Ben writing what he thinks CNN says. Uh, law enforcement sources tell us that Soledad Ramirez, the fugitive wanted in, co- wanted in connection with the bombing of government offices in Sacramento, California, earlier this year, was spotted during the chaos in the aftermath of the Crawford assassination, entering the police station. Sergeant Ricky O'Sullivan, who had just been cleared in Malone's killing, is missing as well. And yeah, like law enforcement's not going to tie that to anyway. It's whatever. Ben, ben needs this to work. <laughs> wait, for wait, wait. That's fine. She was seen walking into a law enforcement office, but is also missing. She was seen breaking into a police oh, station to free him. the cop who killed the dead-eyed black boy. Gotcha. I know there's a lot of threads here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this all checks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So the C- the whole reason for this extended digression where he attacks CNN is because the CNN anchor says everybody's waiting to hear what the president's going to say. Um, so uh, Prescott talks with his assistant about like, all right, what are we going to what are we going to say? Uh, seems to me you've got two choices. One is to allocate resources from New York to these various cities. We've got governors beginning to call asking for help from the feds. They want some of the guard members we've brought back here in their states. President Prescott shook his head. No, bad imagery. You remember Ferguson. You put guns on the street. You might as well tell the media you're a racist looking for street warfare. Next option, we parlay. With whom? Bradley pointed at the TV. We're seeing in flat. Ah, okay. So now, 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 <laughs> now the black terrorist I, is going I to. Love, yeah. I love when he read because it's just like a pro, like process of like, okay, I see what he's trying uh, to yeah, do. Ah, uh, here we go. You know, I'm, I'm sure we've discussed when this book was written. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shocked it's as recent as Ferguson. <laughs> like, yeah. this yeah. feels like the work of someone, yeah. you know, a first draft you wrote in college. No, no, this is post-Ferguson? Right, it's mm-hmm. like he's 17 Oof. or something. And no, like, no, he's been he's a professional not. writer for a decade or more when At he this writes point. this book. And clearly has not had professional editors for most of that time. Um, it is fun to me that, that the 
Prescott's like, okay, we should talk to this Levon guy. And his assistant's like, well, the FBI knows that he's got connections to organized crime. And the president's like, yeah, so did Big Jim. That didn't stop anybody from like sainting him. Which is just like, yeah, of course, all of the civil rights leaders in Ben's world are connected directly to organized crime, just like all of the Muslim community leaders are connected to terrorism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the terror, the actual terrorists who blow up a government building are Ben's heroes. Although yeah. Ben would tell you that the Oklahoma City bombing was, of course, had nothing to do with conservatism. Um, it's very good. <sighs> fun. So, oh, fun, fun. In yes. another classic Shapiro moment, even though this is President Prescott's chapter, we're now with Levon. We have a oh. we have a, a couple of couple of spaces oh, in between boy. paragraphs, and we're we're back with Levon. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Um, Finally. (laughs) Overnight, Levon had become de facto mayor of the city. Without the force of National Guard to back them, the local police had fallen into a standoff position with the protesters. But Mayor Burns refused to authorize action to push Levon and his men out of the building, believing that such action would be too provocative. So Levon's got runners going between different positions in the city, yada, yada. He's he's without National Guard soldiers. Obviously, they can't put down these protests. The poor disarmed cops have no ability to, to do anything. Um, I guess they're occupying the police station now, which is would be pretty rad. Um, yeah, uh, Levon didn't know the exact extent of his power yet, of course. Mayor Burns said that eventually things would be put back under control. He put in a request to the governor, and the governor had put in a request to the feds. But soon enough, things would calm down. In the meantime, he urged patience and restraint. Levon, on the other hand, called for action. He humored every reporter, gave a quote to every journalist. He trotted out Kendrick Malone's mother as often as possible, making his own case for authority bulletproof on the back of her grief. Levon's long-term plan, he told the media, was justice. He didn't define it, and they didn't have to know he meant to run for office on the back of his organized resistance. It had worked for Miriam Barry, Big Jim had said. It would work for Levon Williams. All that changed at 8.34 a.m. Ah, he gets a call from the president. Um... Yeah, so let's see what the okay. The, the, the president's assistant is like, oh, we just want to tell you how much we ad, uh, admire you. Thank you for tamping down the violence. Mm-hmm. Levon mm-hmm. grins because, of course, the violence is all his fault. Um, not the cops who killed people. Okay, Mr. Bradley, I really appreciate the sentiment. What can I do for you? Well, Levon, it's like this. We couldn't admire your stand on social justice more, particularly in the wake of this tragedy with Jim Crawford. I know you and he were close friends. The president wants to ask you for a favor. Please keep your followers from committing acts of violence. (laughs) Uh, That's how this works. Yeah, and Levon reasonably says, I can't control what everybody does. It's a passionate time. Um, And they're like, yeah, just do your best. And he says, in order for me to keep my credibility with my people, they're going to need the president to say something in solidarity. They're going to need to know that he endorses our movement for justice. They turned out for him at the polls, and they know he's with them but they need some sort of sign. They're going to need him to pledge to stop police brutality against our people. They're going to need his promise to reopen the Ricky O'Sullivan case. Bradley coughed. We could do most of that, Levon, but that last one, that's out of our hands. We don't control the DOJ. Well, then we might have a conflict here. I've got a lot of very angry people and they're very angry for a reason. I was like, you do control the DOJ. Like, (laughs) that is the executive. Anyway, whatever. You 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 appoint the attorney general. You have some power like, in this. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some power going on there. Yeah. Uh, so the president tell or tells Levon that he has another idea that might serve both of our interests. Uh, but there, he's going to have to trust the president. And Levon asks how long, and he says not too long. You'll see something in the news. Um. So they ask him to hold off for 48 hours, and then they're gonna they're gonna 
give him a sign. So uh, I guess we'll we'll see what that is. Not in the next chapter because it's yeah, it's, yeah no we fade this is we fade to black yeah, as he, as he whispers black. into his ear <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're back to El Paso and Ellen who is is Ben Shapiro the general's wife um, right. who is Ben's <laughs> wife oh right 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 <laughs> this, yes Ben's wife but unlike Ben's wife she loves her husband <laughs> should we take a break before we go into this chapter that or? feels yeah. appropriate you know who know. does love their husbands bombs. Yes, Raytheon mm. loves husbands and wives. That's why it shows up at so many weddings. Bombshells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love school buses too. Ooh. Okay, this is dark. Robert, this what about what about hospitals? Oh, so such a Raytheon could not support hospitals more. Anyway, here's some ads. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the Ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, 
The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So we're in El Paso with Ellen. Um, oh, and they're invading Mexico. Okay. <laughs> oh, right, right. All right. Getting yeah. in. Oh, boy. First paragraph. The Apache attack helicopters veered low over Ciudad Juarez and fired, and fired directed rockets at a small duplex on the outskirts of the city. It went up in flames. Governor Davis watched the real-time broadcast, yelping as the duplex disappeared in a puff of smoke and fire. There goes one of the bastards, he smiled. That bastard was one of the leaders of the Juarez cartel, just hanging out in a duplex across the border. <laughs> yeah, so it starts with the governor of Texas sending an Apache tech helicopters to bomb a city in Mexico. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's very fun. Um, yeah, so Texas National Guard attacks helicopters just start strafing vehicles and built bombing buildings. Um, that's cool. Uh, That's very cool. We, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's about time. <laughs> the night was so. Yeah, he, the, he, the, the governor invades Mexico, uh, and it goes great. The night was quiet, the quietest it had been for months. By which I mean, nothing happens on the border. The next day, though, residents of El Paso woke to a terrifying sight: a National Guardsman hanging dead from a billboard in the center of town. Uh-oh. Painted in broad black letters were the words "Plata o plomo," silver or lead. In other words, pay us or die. Governor Davis wasn't in the mood to pay. It's also what? weird to send a message to the National Guard to pay, pay us pay or what for what? Yeah, for what? What are you talking you about? You want to not be invaded by the National and the, Guard. The governor wasn't in the mood to pay. Well, this seems like a threat against the entire United States. I, I don't know. There's a lot that's complicated here that doesn't track. Yeah, it, it makes no sense because nothing Ben says does. Um, yeah, so the governor orders a full-scale investigation. I think we know who <laughs> did it, but okay. Um, yeah, and it turns out uh, now there's rumors of a drug cartel in the city. Rumors of a drug cartel in El Paso, huh? That's shocking. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, clearly, El- and for whatever reason, Ellen is the one heading up the investigation, who is, what? I think, his his public affairs officer is now controlling a military investigation of the cartel murdering a soldier in El Paso. Ellen acted swiftly, placing National Guard troops in the local police centers, increasing security along the border. How is that her? How does she have that authority? Because uh, you didn't want to introduce a new character? Yeah. Does she, yeah. Wait, wait have we established a, uh, what she does? Yeah, she's like public relations for the governor. Yeah, that's not what this is you do. <laughs> I guess yeah. now she runs the she National Guard. She wears a lot of hats. <laughs> she, she's a, lot a feminist. Yeah, she's yeah, a feminist. She yeah. can uh-huh. do whatever she wants. She's one of those classic PR ladies slash commander of the National yeah. Guard's um, police o- mul- operations. She's a multi-hyphen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Within hours, the Border Patrol had caught two men attempting to flee into Mexico. After questioning, Ellen had them detained indefinitely pending further investigation into their activities the night of the hanging. And she redoubled deployments to, to the border to stop any further infiltrations and deter any attempts by collaborators to escape into Mexico. Really sounds Although, out of her pay grade. I, yeah, it, I don't it really know. does. 
Sounds out of the governor's pay grade, to be yeah. honest. This is not really governor shit. Uh, all of it was good policy. Hmm. None of it made for good pictures on the front pages around the country. And Ellen was stunned by the magnitude of the coverage. The media coverage exploded with protest on the other side of the Rio Grande. Nothing but women and children. As the sun came up, at least 100 women stood, carrying toddlers and babies, waving their hands and screaming for the National Guard to let them cross. The National Guardsmen stood their ground. They didn't point their weapons. Ellen and Davis had agreed there would be no such activity, both for both moral and media reasons. But they looked threatening enough in their uniforms. Young, strong, square-jawed. I hate this book so much. It's It's so bad. Mm -hmm. It's very bad. And also, like, have you seen National Guard soldiers, Ben? They're... They're just like dudes and ladies. Mm. Like they're half of them are middle aged. It's like their weekend job. They're not no, square square jaws. Yeah, square jaws as far as the eye can see. Yeah, like it's very funny. It's very funny that like the good policy is confronting people trying to cross a border to see their families with a line of soldiers, and that that's that's the heroism. Yeah, yeah. is having the soldiers it's, appoint yeah, those the, are the real heroes. The caravan uh, is on its way. Yeah. And of course, when this happens, this completely predictable protest from shutting down all border pro t- traffic and invading Mexico, when that happens, uh, the media gets involved, but obviously not because it's a meaningful story. One of the biggest media magnates in Mexico owns several major media outlets in the United States. Ellen wasn't surprised at the number of cameras showing up. Obviously, this was a big story. Still, she resented the intrusion. There'd been zero cameras for the murdered National Guardsmen, but get a few dozen women crying on the border with their kids and the media had a field day. I don't believe there were zero cameras for a murdered National Guardsman executed by a cartel after an invasion of Mexico. She complains that someone's tipped off the cameras, um, and that's the reason they're reporting on the invasion of Mexico. Uh, okay. And these women yes. trying that's to cross the, I, I mean, what, it's logical, right? What other reason would there be <laughs> mm-hmm. to report on that? It wasn't hard to gather who had tipped off the cameras. One of the biggest magnates in Mexico owns several major media outlets in the United States. Oh, fuck that guy. What? What? Yeah. Fuck that guy for reporting that news. Mm, tipping the that invasion news. of Mexico. Off. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I know we would never cover this normally, but because I'm your boss, I want you to film some of the American invasion yeah. of Mexico. Uh, the lamestream <laughs> greedia. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Ellen notes that the murdered National Guardsman hadn't gotten any cameras. It's, it's also like, no, no, it would have been the number one story in the country. <laughs> uh, it has uh, been like, OK, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the cameras find find their way to Ellen for comment. We will maintain the security of the people of Texas, she said. Our immigration services have not screened any of the people out there. We're sure most of them are wonderful people who want to come here and work and build a life without taxpayer help. But we simply don't know who they are. And without screening them, we're not going to open our borders to anybody who wants to cross. We have the body of a National Guardsman hanging from a billboard that tells the story of what we get when we don't check those who cross the border. And it's telling that he does have to invent a thing, right? Like, in order to justify shutting down the border and it's basically he's basically saying the thing that trump ran on right i'm sure some of them are wonderful people oh yeah mm-hmm. um i mean this book came out two months before trump was elected yeah yep um they're the God. same person yeah. they're the same person um yeah the headlines hit almost immediately oh this should be good texas governor's top aide says immigrant women children pose security threat i might oh. p- posit that the top story would be Texas governor's top aide controlling military investigation yeah. into murdered soldiers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a better headline. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. She should have known better than to give them any material they could misuse. Then again, what material wouldn't they have misused? She vowed to ignore any calls coming from a media number. Um, a media of course. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. I know there's but, probably some sort of caller idea. The media. The media. The, the media is calling me. Yeah, scam likely is giving me a call. This must be a media <laughs> number. <sighs> yeah, so it's this is the third the tertiary story in, in the news. The number one story is that New York got blowed up. The number two story is the riots, the BLM style riots mm-hmm. all over the country. And I guess number three is America invades Mexico. Yeah, but um, they're not showing any of it, just the president's speech. No. Mm-hmm. No. Until, and the, the t- until they get the tip. Mm-hmm. And that the Mexican military doesn't do anything because they don't yeah. want to fight with the National Guard. And they secretly like the cartel being cleared out. So they're okay with being invaded. By the good guys. <sighs> Each day, small groups of National Guardsmen raided Ciudad Juarez, usually by motor vehicle convoys across the border. The cartel members had picked up on the nature of the offensive action and had inserted themselves into heavily civilian areas, cutting down on the ability of Texas forces to strike without facing the prospect of urban warfare. Now more dangerous search and destroy missions had been authorized. The American side of the border remained quiet until it wasn't. Oh, good. So we're going to get a border massacre because obviously invading Mexico sparks more violence in the U.S. And stopping all those moms from getting across to their families doesn't. Mm-hmm. Again, well, Ben Shapiro making the point they're that he threat. refuses. Yeah. <sighs> so. Oh, yeah. A bunch of protesters get shot dead. Uh, eventually, 26 people. Um, everyone figured it for a drug cartel hit. Then the footage came out. Ellen saw it on the evening news as a network anchor intoned. What you're about to watch is very graphic. Younger viewers are advised not to watch. She cut to a grainy, close-range video of a man in a National Guard uniform from behind walking up to a group of tents. Get out of there, the National Guardsman said in a thick Texas accent. Get out of there, you little... And then he uses a racial slur for Mexican people. Um, Which, okay... A few children, rubbing their eyes, came scurrying out of their tents, their mothers following. Seeing the barrel of a gun, they raised their hands. The screen went white with the fired shots, flash after flash, again and again. When the night vision calmed, the smoking bodies of two dozen innocents lay on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I guess it, it, I, I'm sure it's somebody posing as the National Guard to make them look bad, right? Ben wouldn't have a National Guardsman. Do the I thing don't think that so. That, that's that, mixed that that's, messaging for sure. Yeah. I bet it's Leon or something. I'll give I'll give Bincham credit if it actually is if he's actually making the point that no there's racists in the National Guard they totally murder children in this you know I, I bet. but I don't think that's what I, he's saying yeah I think I, I think I might uh, take a bet against yeah. what you're claiming that doesn't yeah. feel like what we're building to here so the governor is angry at her angry at his aide that he put in charge of the invasion of Mexico um, which I would be angry at this too. Um, Perhaps he shouldn't have invaded Mexico. I mean, that's and a fireable the, offense in my book. I, I would say so. I didn't write this book. Might also literally be treason to give an unelected aide control of the National Guard. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems like it's a crime, right? Um, so the governor's the top angry. news story if everything else wasn't going on. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. yes, of course. <laughs> and Bubba, of course, tells him that the president's yelling at him, um, but not over the invasion of Mexico, over this, which I wouldn't think the yelling would have started. I would have think that the president would have sent in federal agents to arrest the governor of Texas for invading <laughs> a sovereign nation. <sighs> 
Um, I didn't. Ellen gripped her fists. I didn't ask for this, Bubba. I did it as a favor to you. Some favor, he said. I've got two dozen dead kids and their mamas and a boy in a National Guard uniform responsible for all of it. A boy I kept here in Texas instead of sending him to New York like Prescott wanted me to. Do we know who the little bastard was? Yes, she answered. We do. Um, oh, okay, cool. Uh, his Why name. Are you talking like this. Because right, it's, it's bad. Weird, he's bad. Dude. He's it's bad writer. Like... Uh, so he's. It's a soldier, a sergeant named James Easton McLawrence, and Davis is like, don't they all have three names? I guess that like serial killer thing. Okay. Um, oh boy. She passed him a photo of a young man in a National Guard uniform. His eyes were open a shade too far, bright blue and off-putting. His mouth was slack. McLaurin's joined the Guard after dropping out of high school and getting his GED. Not a stellar candidate for higher rank, barely at the bottom rung. He's full active duty. Wait, how is he full active duty and in the National Guard? Mm. That doesn't make any sense, Mm. Ben. Do you not know how the National Guard works? Doesn't sound like he does. He's full active duty. He joined the National Guard. He's full active duty. No, then that's active duty army. That's not the National Guard. Things, right? Yeah. Also, they're saying this guy's bottom rung, but he's a sergeant, which is not the bottom. (laughs) Not not a bottom is actually a a role with a lot of responsibility, (laughs) where you're often in charge of significant number of lives. I think you're just supposed to go with it. Mm-hmm. Don't question him. Just like, don't yeah. write about this stuff. Yeah, don't yeah. write about this stuff. <laughs> like, write what you know, not what you fantasize about knowing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep it to your, like, live journal. <laughs> so the governor asks what that set this guy off, and uh, Ellen gives three possibilities. Uh, one is that he hated illegal immigrants because his dad lost his job at a manufacturing plant that moved south of the border. Uh, and another is that he was paid by cash by the cartels. And another is that he's, quote, just crazy. Simple as that. That's Giving able classic, useful classic, information. Classic yeah. explanation for people's behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, classic have been to like start with, oh, well, maybe he's angry because his dad lost his job. <sighs> yeah. Racism does not actually enter into that at all, really. Yeah. Um, mm. That's interesting, of Ben. Yeah, it's wide, wide range. We can get racism. We can get symbolism yeah. in there. We can get a lot, yeah. of, a lot of, lot of, lot of shades. So uh, Davis is sending Ellen to New York now. Uh, I guess she's botched the job of commanding the army to invade Mexico. So Bubba's, I don't know, maybe going to put like the agriculture secretary in charge <laughs> of it or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's she going to do in New York? She's going to talk to the president um, oh. because the president wants to humiliate Bubba Davis in front of the entire country. Quote, hell, he could have a local DA down here drop charges against me so that they're frog walking me when I get off the plane. It's a setup. Ah, so Bubba doesn't want to get arrested for invading Mexico. Uh, and so he's sending Ellen to I, I, she won't get arrested. Uh, they won't touch you because of Brett. Um, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um and Ellen's like, well, but the president hates my husband. And the governor says, it doesn't matter. Your husband's a national hero. He's not going to arrest you. Um, Ellen had to admit that the idea appealed to her. She hadn't seen Brett in nearly a year now, and she'd missed him awfully. Every time they flashed his face across the television, her chest ached from missing him so much. <clears throat> and what do I say to Prescott? She said, you tell that son of a bitch that we're not going to back down off the border, not for him or anybody. And if he asks you about McLawrence, you tell him we're investigating turn down any federal offers for help we don't need the feds down here mucking up our operation not your choice Mm-mm. not your choice also yeah. it's the well, crime of a everything's US... off the radar with the, uh, yeah. off the rails in this book 
I mean, it, it's it is the crime of a U.S. serviceman in a foreign country. At no point would that be the jurisdiction <laughs> no. of Texas law enforcement. They would have nothing to do with this. Legally, they can't. It would be like the FBI or somebody It would not be local police in any way. That's just oh. not how the government works. <laughs> but what if it is? Uh, yeah, like all those full time <laughs> active duty National Guardsmen in the full active duty part of the National Guard. That's active duty, but not the army. Yeah. Um, this is also this is unimportant. But if you've already uh, written a couple sentences about how uh, she missed him terribly or mm-hmm. awfully, she missed him awfully. Yeah. Bad choice of words. Um, after you've done that, you don't need to say when watching him on TV, her chest ached from missing him so much. Yeah. Yeah. Just her I chest ache. I know why. I'll get it. I, I can I can put two and two together. Yeah. Whenever she saw him on TV, her chest ached. Mm-hmm. I understand yeah. why it's because she missed him so much. You don't even have to say she missed him. You could say the idea of seeing Bredigan appeal to her had been nearly a year. Every time she saw him flash on TV, her chest ached. And the reader, uh, yeah, I, I, I can follow. I'm like <laughs> using his brain or her all, brain. It's all laid out for me. Yeah. <sighs> Not like you're not trying to convey a complicated emotion. She misses her husband. <laughs> and like, especially like after reading the rest of the book so far, yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm yeah. all caught up with her feeling. <sighs> yeah. Basic human emotion. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So Ellen does immediately point out that cross border murder falls under federal jurisdiction. And the governor <laughs> says he's busy. He won't mind. And it'll allow him to save face to put me up for public scourging. I'll be the bad guy Southern Hick who won't let the sweet-faced Yankee down here to fix things. That's what the media is looking for anyway, right? They wouldn't send a Yankee. There's FBI offices in Texas. They would send someone from the El Paso FBI whose job is to investigate murdered Americans in Mexico. That's a thing that they do, right? No, it's the Yanks. It's the Yankees. They got to send a Yankee down to Texas. There's no Texans in the FBI. Some, some lib yank is on some their way. Some carpet bagging fed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's your end game? She said in game. Darling, this thing here has been going on since the Alamo. There's no end game. Just a game that won't end anyway, except us holding our ground or cutting and running. But wow. don't worry. You just. Yes. The invasion of Mexico over cartels is the same as the Alamo. Mm hmm. Okay, nerd. Uh, we all there's, remember. There's no end game. It's a game that won't end. Yeah. Right, man. Like, Cut one of those. Yeah, yeah. dude, like, I can't even. The, he didn't have an editor. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely no. not. There's no way. And if he we did. We have yet to look into the publishing did, company, but yeah. What? Yeah. It's probably his dad. Well, so his editor she, is someone he really likes. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, doesn't feel comfortable speaking up to <laughs> his boss, I think. That's my guess. Yeah. So uh, Ben, Brett, or sorry, Ellen, uh, (laughs) agrees to go to New York. uh, And she's sitting in the National Guard terminal at the airport, which might exist. I don't know. I've never, I don't know that the National Guard has their, not not impossible. Okay, sure. Like, I I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, Is that a thing that exists, Cody? Are you? I don't know. I'm trying to find out right now. Are you fact checking, Ben? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So as she's sitting there waiting to fly to New York, she gets a call from a number she doesn't recognize. So she uh, picks up um, to at least hear what the media had prepared. At worst, she could give a no comment. So she goes back on her promise to not pick up from the media. But it's not the media. It's Brett. Honey, don't come to New York. He sounded winded, hoarse. Brett, what's going on? I can't say for certain yet. 
Just don't come to New York. Something bad is going down. How do you know that? No time to explain. The line went dead. <laughs> oh, probably, I love it. It's probably time. Yeah, it probably oh, is. No, too many commas. No, yeah, gone on for too long. Would have gone right. on. Yeah, yeah. She, it, you know, it's bad because he doesn't tell her he'd take a bullet for you, babe. It's just there's so many like cryptic messages this woman gets from her husband. I would mm-hmm. be sick of it. Yeah, and finish a sentence. Finish a sentence. Don't just like hang up and tell me not to do something. And I don't know. Yeah, sounds like it's time yeah. to take a break for products. Yeah. Perhaps. You know, speaking of taking a bullet for you, we've already done it. These products would take a bullet for you, haven't we? We did that months ago. Well, here's some fucking ads anyway. Goddamn. (laughs) You Yankees. You fucking Yank Libs. Yank Lib Feds. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. 
And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like a recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are become returned. So uh, next chapter is a Soledad chapter who is, remember, the terrorist Eamon Bundy, yeah. but a Latino woman so that no one can call Ben racist. Right. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Covering your tracks. Yeah. They camped outside the city. No fires. No lights. They'd separated after Detroit, split up to avoid being followed. They set the rendezvous for Nashville three days later. Soledad recommended that they wind their way through several states to throw any would-be trackers off the scent. She took Ezekiel West, then south. Aiden took Ricky east, then doubled back through Kentucky. Nearly all the men made it. A few apparently decided they'd had enough after Detroit. After seeing their faces on television, labeled white supremacists, they took off for the hills. Soledad told them to ditch all their electronic gear, to make for the northern border if they could. They flee into Canada? <laughs> that doesn't mm. seem like what a bunch of gun nuts would do. Okay. Um, the ones who were left looked like they'd been through a war. Eddie was the worst. Fatso, as they all called him, had taken a tire iron to the gut, then gotten stomped at the center of the crowd. He'd been in and out of consciousness ever since, his fever spiking radically. Just before hitting camp, Ezekiel told Soledad he'd started twitching and then gone quiet. When Aiden and Ricky drove in, Soledad motioned them over. They put down their kickstands, turned off the hogs. Loves calling <laughs> motorcycles hogs. Do you I'm, think Ben's I'm literally been, slapping my yeah. knee. Yeah, you think he's yeah. been on a motorcycle? I think he wants to have been on a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. But I don't oh, know that I think he's I been on a motorcycle. Mean, but I decided oh, I was get on a little, we a can all fill in the strength. blank. Yeah. He, moped. He can ride a moped. Yeah. He could ride a moped. He shouldn't ride a moped. No, it's mopeds too are for our, our big boy vehicles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want Ben to Or a big girl. Yeah, or a big girl. Just not a Ben Shapiro no, no, vehicle. No. Mm. Uh I'm just looking if there's a Ben Shapiro on a motorcycle picture because there's so many shameful I do hope uh, so. Him with like swords and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his little gun. Um. Mm. All right, what do we got? Do we have Do we have Ben Shapiro on a motorcycle? Um. No. No. All right. I'm not. Jacket. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, there is. He does have that. He ha, he does own a leather jacket. You're right, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> if the motorcycle pick existed, it would be online. He would. It make would sure be the first he, response. It, and it would yeah. be the saddest thing that anyone's ever seen. Um, but Ben is a little bit too smart to be pictured on a motorcycle, so he gets his motorcycle kicks by calling them hogs every time chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just yeah, so, so embarrassed they, for him. Yeah. yeah. So their friend Fatso, who's dying, uh, is in a coma. And once they all get back together, uh, (laughs) Aiden, who's the former Fed who murdered a bunch of other Feds for her, asks, do we have anybody who knows anything about medicine? She shook her head. We need to get him to a hospital. I do love 
this is I don't think been minted, but this is the most accurate part of the book because that is the thing all of these like right wing militias have is like none of them are medics. That's right. Like none of, none of them ever mm-hmm. bring medical supplies. None of them take care of each other. No, they rely on uh, Antifa to take care of them at protests. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that part is pretty pretty on brand. Um, yeah. So they decide they've got to take him to a hospital. Um, and Aiden's like, he's not going to live anyway. And Soledad gets angry. Um, we're not going to leave him to die. Yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. So, um, but, 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 they're having a big fight. Um, and Aiden's angry cause he doesn't want to risk everybody's lives. Um, so, but Soledad's like, I've got to make, I got to make the call. You know, I'm, I'm the boss. Um, so she calls for Ezekiel. Who's, uh, the token black guy in the militia. Give me a hand with this man. She leaned over the body, felt the heat emanating from the burning skin. She gripped him around the biceps, put her back into it, and moved him nowhere. Embarrassed, she gripped him tighter, pulled again. When she looked up, Ricky O'Sullivan She's got to go with her, her legs. She's got to yeah. use her legs you gotta if she lift wants with to move. She, that putting your back into it, that's bullshit. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the cop who killed the dead-eyed black boy helps and is like, we got to get him help. Nobody's going to die for me ever again. Um, no one died for you. You killed somebody. Yeah. You shot, you shot a person to death. A child, Ricky. It's just some, that, that's yeah. how he's coping. Yeah. That's what he's telling himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So they get the guy, they drop Fatso off at an emergency room. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have uh, the black guy stay with him because um, he's the only person without a national face in the group. Um, cool. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Wow, I'm like it's been way too like, much time on this, huh? This is just like a boring book. <laughs> it is. It is a boring book. Like, and they, they, she. So Ben starts this next. It's like a full page that starts with like they dropped him off at the hospital, and Ezekiel stayed with them. And then after that, the next like six paragraphs are her talking with Ezekiel while he tells her she's go, he's going to stay behind and stuff. Like, yeah. Ben starts by explaining what happens and then walks through it all slowly, um, like boring. a bad writer. It's just boring. All right, back to the action. The headlights from the hogs carved a three-pronged gash into the darkness. Headlights from the hogs. Carved a gash. That's my boy. To one side of Soledad, Ricky rode. To the other, Aiden. The night was silent except for the rumbling of the engines. The murky smell of the... Murky smell of the trees? What? How do spoken nah. like somebody who hates trees? Ben. And what is murky smell? Murky How is something smell, smell murky? <laughs> well, he grew oh, up the- in a haunted marsh, so yeah. he has a different association. <laughs> Famed swamp creature Ben yeah. Shapiro. You are right, Katie. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Oh that's my correct. god! Um, of the trees. I wish everyone yeah. could see our faces. They're just so <laughs> <Yeah>. disgusted. <laughs> Every, every four sentences. I'll be making the the face, and I'll look over, and Cody's making the exact same face. <laughs> it's just confusing. Oh God. And bad. oh God. Okay. So the start of this, they're driving through the forest in Tennessee, and Soledad thinks about how awesome she is and how awesome it is that they're doing this, and like super mm-hmm. rad that we're a, a bicycle, a motorcycle militia. Uh, Aiden, I'm sorry I dragged you into this, she yelled at last. Sorry, he grinned. I've been waiting for this all my life. Something to fight for. She glanced over at Ricky. His mouth was set in a tight line. His gaze focused on the dark horizon. Nothing left to fight for, said Ricky. You guys know what you're up against? That's incoherent. 
Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah. So she apologizes out of the blue. She apologizes to Aiden and is like, I'm sorry I dragged you into this. And he's like, why are you sorry? I've been waiting for something to fight for my whole life. And then Ricky just says, nothing left to fight for. You guys know what you're up against? That's not a, that's completely nonsensical. That's, no, he's trying to be cool and sparse with the language, and it's yeah. just ineffective. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just incoherent. Nothing left to fight Nothing's for. Nothing's been. The, yeah, the, the thing to fight for is hard. Yeah, they're yeah. fighting for something. Why? Why would you say anyway? This but doesn't like, make sense. That, that's yeah. So Ricky says they're not going to let us go. They say we killed Jim Crawford. They say we're white supremacists. Soledad said, "Do I look like a white supremacist?" White supremacy comes in many forms. Direct quote, MSNBC today. They're nuts. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, he's so mad. He's so mad. Nuts, oh. but effective. Oh, God. boy. Um, also, when they, they, they it, it, she's mentioned three times this chapter that all of their electronics are off. When did he watch MSNBC? Yeah. How are you having time on your yeah. hog? Mm. Yeah, Continuity, on your hog. Ben. I'm curious how many times hog is used in this chapter. I I actually do want to know how many times the word hog is used in this book entirely. Mm -hmm. Tell us. Only four. Okay. Only Only four four matches. Oh, so they're all in this chapter. Uh, Okay. How many times uh, is the word motorcycle used? (laughs) That's a good question, Cody. 14. Okay. 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 That's a fair right, fair ratio. I you impressed you impressed us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good job, Ben. Yeah. Point to you, Ben. <laughs> okay. So they're uh, talking. That's very boring talk. Uh da, 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 da. uh Okay. Um, so they talk about how they're revolutionaries and the, comparing themselves to the founding fathers. Hell Soledad yeah. says, if it's good enough for Benjamin Franklin, it's good enough for me. You do realize, Ricky said wryly, Franklin took off for some French whore, whoring during, for most of the Revolutionary War. It thundered overhead and the clouds opened up. Shit, she heard Aiden say. Just what we needed. Yeah, okay. It's raining. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's something solid ahead of them. Okay, I think they, they, the, the man has found them. So they get off the road. It's a military drone. Okay. Um, too small to be anything else. They could be looking for someone. At, for someone at, wait, military drones are very small. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, so the drone... Yeah, he's, gl- th- he's thinking of the little, little drones you can get for the park. The drone couldn't... They see it even though it couldn't be, any, it couldn't be more than 10,000 feet from the ground during a rainstorm, which... I don't think you're going to see a drone in that those conditions in riding a motorcycle, but okay, right. whatever. No, um, oh, it's a predator drone. Yeah, those aren't those are giant. Those are the size of a car. They're not not a small drone. Okay, whatever. Ben doesn't <laughs> do any research. His, uh, so his, a drone. his size perspective is off. Oh, the drone is on Aiden, and they oh, they fire a missile. <laughs> okay, so the drone what? does a missile okay. strike on these okay. guys. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and it blows her off of her motorcycle. Uh, she peeked over the hedge. The first 20 feet of trees had been completely obliterated. The embers of the splintered, burning trees floated through the air. On the ground, its rear wheel spinning, Soledad could make out the twisted metal of Aiden's bike. Near it, comma, she could see what looked to be a white lump of flesh, period. Ew. A mangled Mm -hmm. arm. That's the next sentence. Just a mangled arm. Mm -hmm. A torn fragment of a maroon scarf she'd handed him to wipe off the handlebars is the sentence after that. For cleanliness? Yeah. Yeah, too... Not sentences in a row. Use commas sometimes, Ben. 
Or make them full sentences. You know, she saw a mangled arm, comma, a torn fragment of a maroon scarf she'd handed Aiden earlier. You know, something like that. Something like that. She felt an arm on her shoulder. Get to your damn bike, Ricky shouted into her ear. They're coming back around. She tried to get to her feet, but her left leg wouldn't respond. Looking down, she could see the black ooze of blood creeping through her pants. Ricky swung her roughly onto his back. He pushed himself on the cycle. He cranked the throttle. Aiden, she moaned. Son of a bitch. Behind him, the drone (laughs) dropped to attack altitude. All right. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Good good reading. Yeah. I'm still just uh, like really bored. I'm, I know it's I like, this too. is like stuff going on, but it, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the plot or like how it's written or both. It's horrible. Just everything leading up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like uh, we don't really have like these people are talking about how they're like the new founding fathers, but like her grievances are very unclear, right? Like she doesn't pay her taxes. And so they murder a bunch of feds. And then they break a cop out of prison on the other side of the country. And yeah, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know I what don't they're know doing. What are they fighting doing. for? And we don't see any of them really express an ideology. Right. Like, it's yeah. vague and just yeah. like the vague, like fight, fighting for something. And yeah. Like, like, okay. What, what? I mean, you freed the cop you think is innocent, even though he admits he shot the boy. Um, yeah. And you blew up a federal building because they came at you for not paying taxes. Uh, what's what's the ideology, though? I How think are he, you like he a left it father? vague so yeah. that people could fill in their own ideologies and uh, relate to it. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I, if th- I think it's... Enough, like, he, he trusted, like, the aesthetics, right? They're on motorcycles and they have guns. Obviously, they're the good guys. Oh, right, obviously. Right. And, yeah. like, the, their opposition to, like, the Obama of it all... And just like, yeah, these sort of vague signifiers and markers of like, oh, I, they're, yeah, the, the motorcycles in the wind, the murky trees. Yeah, the murky trees. I don't even, I, what? It's that, amazing. What does that mean? Nothing, this, Sophie. This it means nothing. Me. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the Levon chapter opens with revealing, you know, how the president had been calling him and been like, chill out for a couple of days. I got a secret for you. Turns out the secret is that they were blowing up that cop and the terrorist mama with the drone. Um, no. so, so the no. president seems okay. to think they killed all three of them, and that's what he tells Levon. Um, so that's great. Uh, yeah. So uh, just so you know, Levon, the president is very proud of what you've done there. You've kept people under control in a bad situation. It won't be forgotten. About that, sir, Levon coughed. I can only keep them tamped down for so long. My people are agitated about that attack still. With Sullivan being dead, that helps, but they think the mayor is a show for white privilege. It's just not how you'd say it. A shill for white privilege. You're not a shill for white privilege. That's not (laughs) really a term anyone would use, but okay. We're not selling it. Well, I guess some people maybe are. Some people are. Yeah. So... Uh, um, but no, he's got these like weird buzzword grievance things that he's just got to dip it in. And it's, that's what it is. Yep. Um, so I'd be curious to know how many times he talked about intersectionality in this. Yeah, I haven't seen it come up yet. But yeah. so what Levon is asking the president for is the ability to remake the police department and put his own people in there um, and for the president to throw his support behind that. 
Um, so I guess that's, that's, that's what he's proposing. Um, and, uh, yeah, they talk about this in a conversation. I don't think we need to go all the way through. Um, yada, 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 yada. Uh, and yeah, the president says, all right, yeah, well, let's, let, I'll, I'll pressure the governor to give you the police of Detroit. Uh, within days, the applications began piling up on Levon's desk. He'd moved over to the mayor's office, taking up virtual residence there, along with his secret political <laughs> weapon, Regina Malone. He meets with the police union. Uh, it doesn't go well. The man was old school blue, and he didn't want to hear about changes to the department. He pointed out that they all had contracts. Levon, enjoying his newfound power, let the man stew for a few minutes. Then he told him they had every intention of honoring the contracts. There just might be a few more cops writing desks. The new boys, he said, would take over the streets. No more Ricky O'Sullivan's. Now things were running smoothly, though. Levon slotted personal interviews with each of the possible new officers. Each was slotted for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Levon worked with the committee, appointed by... So yeah, he's he's just putting a, replacing the police with his guys. Ah. Um, okay. That's fine. Um, he writes a new directive for the police that they're not allowed to use racial profiling, which, of course, uh, is bad. Um, when told of the new strictures, dozens of new of uh, dozens of officers quit wh- right away. Good riddance, Levon told the mayor. Less pensions for you to pay. When Billy Barton walked into Levon's new office and slapped down a list of four hundred officers willing to quit over the new standards, Levon looked him dead in the eye. Well, he said, "I suppose it can't be helped. Changed has casualties." The media viewed Levon's new standards as groundbreaking. Racial sensitivity, they said, had never been used as an actual policing criterion, but nowhere was that criterion more necessary than Detroit. Had Ricky O'Sullivan been taught and held accountable under these standards, Levon said, Regina standing beside him, perhaps Kendrick would still be alive today. Showing attitude to police officers is something a Detroit cop should have understood had he been properly trained. Don't call our kids thugs just because you don't understand the experiences they've had growing up. They've seen cops pull over their dads, drag them off to jail. We have an entire generation of missing men in our community. Sensitivity is the key. Okay? So, but, that's why hundreds of cops quit, which scans. Now, but Ben is framing all of this as as bad. Yeah, as bad. bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what's remarkable yeah. about this, this yeah. opus of this of this novel, yeah. Yeah. Um so he changes the rules so that anyone convicted of a nonviolent felony uh could be considered to be a police officer. Um and yeah, uh which is also he's like why why yes. should having sold pot disqualify you from being yeah, a exactly. cop? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, more cops resign at this. The final blow to the police enrollment standards came in the area of education. The standard for the department had always been a high school degree or equivalent. Now with the applications pouring in, Levon had to face the fact that not enough applicants had graduated from high school. Many had dropped out. Again, he cited racial disparities in changing the policy, explaining that every trainee would be given remedial education necessary to do the job. How can you expect people to work their way up the ladder if we don't give them the chance to get on the first rung? He's just being very reasonable here. And so, also like, <laughs> yeah, tons of police like, departments accept GEDs. It's not yes. uncommon. Yes. <laughs> also like our Turn plan pe- is to educate people mm-hmm. who don't have the education. Provide free education to police officers. Sounds good. Education is good. Nonviolent felons. Make them racially sensitive. Yeah. This guy is the bad guy. Uh, so he gets, he gets a cover on time. And th- one of the things that's frustrating about this is there's no clear understanding of how much time is passing because Levon uh, uh-huh. is completely remaking a major city's police department. And he winds up on the cover of time as the new face of law. Yeah, enforcement. How is this happening He's so fast? Basically the mayor. Yeah. And I, and then he's, yeah. 
He said, okay, but then at the end of it, he says that this all happens within 48 hours. No. What? <laughs> yeah. This is absurd. Uh, I mean, if only. Yeah. I was like, it was boring reading, like hearing about it because it was written in that way where it's like, okay, so this is like, oh, like you're just describing like a paragraph a month or something. Yeah. The pace but no, it makes sense. no, it's yeah. two days. This book makes, how much do we have left of this book? The pace. We are so 84% of the way through. Well, that's that'd be not a, enough. That's no, it's not painful. Should it's we, not. Should we, say, should we save the rest for another day? Yeah, I think I we've think got so. one more episode in us. And I think next episode we'll finish this book. And our next chapter will be Brad Hawthorne. Oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah. But also like other Much, people in other scenes in mm-hmm. other places. And yeah, times, literally right? anyone. <laughs> Much like uh, Ellen, I've missed Brad Hawthorne. Brad Hawthorne. <laughs> Whenever he's not uh, talked about on the page, written about on the page, my heart aches from him mm-hmm. not being on the page on the enough. Page. <laughs> and when his name is mentioned, my heart thumps faster. Mm-hmm. Because his name was mentioned <laughs> and we miss him. Brett Hawthorne. Yeah, okay. This feels like a good spot to end it. Katie, Cody, <laughs> Plugmals. Yeah, guys, check us out with our other show, Where's Your Ever? And Cody. Even more news is the name yeah. of our podcast, and some more news is the name of a show on YouTube that you can watch. Hell yeah! And our Twitters are Doctor Mr. Cody and Katie Stoll. Crushed it! Yeah, we're at Bastards Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's the end and, of the fucking uh, episode. That's the end yeah. of the episode. I'd take a bullet for you, babe. <laughs> take a bullet for you, babe. Brett Hawthorne. Uh, all right. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels 
A Story of California Corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.